This is the Media Week Industry Podcast from the people at mediaweek.com.au. This is a new episode of Mercado and Manning, Media Week's weekly television podcast. Welcome back, Andrew Mercado. Hi, James. A lot of interesting little shows, nothing major, I think, this week, with the exception of the Australian drama we'll talk about. We'll want to talk about Luther, the latest instalment there. There's an interesting um, sort of drama about climate change coming to Apple TV+, Plus, which I know you've seen, Andrew. Um, there's a quirky Australian movie, which is only recently, I think, turned up on Netflix. Yeah. I don't think it's had a lot of release here in Australia, but we'll get to that. Um, we'll have a quick chat about the Oscars, but let's maybe start with um, In Our Blood, sort of the latest major Aussie drama coming to the ABC. And the first Aussie drama to be made about the HIV and AIDS crisis of the 80s. And it's kind of incredible to think that it's taken us so long to make this, James, you know, yeah. because America has been putting these sorts of shows out for years and years on HBO, Angels in America, When We Rise. Even the Brits got into the act in 2021 with It's a Sin, Russell T Davies series, which can be seen on, seen on Stan. And I think everybody thought It's a Sin was extraordinary and and maybe that was the extra push uh, that was needed for the ABC to commission In Your Blood from Hoodlum Entertainment, who makes some great shows, by the way. You know, we, we've seen a lot of their stuff. They're always good. And I think what's really interesting about this, James, is that, you know, given there's been so many dramas made about dealing with the AIDS crisis in the 80s, how do you do it differently to everybody else? Mm. And I think the decision to make this partly a musical really works for me because it makes it different to the others. And there is a very sort of unique thing about the way they do these musical performances because as terrible as the AIDS crisis was with, you know, gay men dying in their thousands, you know, one of the things that kept the community going while they were going, you know, some of my friends told me about having to toss a coin to decide which funeral they would go to on a certain day. Yeah. So many men were dying. And, and one of the things that got the gay community, the queer community through that was the fact that, first of all, they banded together. You know, the gays stopped fighting with the lesbians and the, the trans women stepped in and did a lot of charity events and all that stuff. So it, it made the whole LGBTQ community come together in a way that had kind of not really been going on through the 70s. There were different factions. Everyone united to fight this. But of course, everybody decided that it was still really important to have the Mardi Gras and to have a celebration. And I think what's great about the musical numbers in In Your Blood is they kind of happen on dance floors with songs that we know that are playing on the soundtrack. And suddenly you have these four people in the show kind of taking over the song and singing it themselves. That part of it, which, you know, is a bit out there and, and some people don't like musicals, but I think in this format, in this show, I think it's really clever and it works well. Yeah, look, I, I don't think there's much wrong with this. I mean, it's it's a bit different. It's not, and, and Hoodland do that with a lot of their shows. They're not 
they're not just standard dramas. There's there's often little bits of quirk which which um, stands them apart from everybody else. When you say musical, but they're only ever miming, aren't they? Is that correct? Well, they are actually singing. The, those four uh, kids that are playing the Greek chorus, they are actually, I think, singing the songs themselves. I think they take over from yeah, the yeah. soundtrack and do their versions of it. No, they're definitely singing those songs themselves. Okay, okay. I thought it's a great, it's a great soundtrack. So they pick great songs. Yeah, they're, they're sort of mainly British pop classics. I think. Dance floor from, from, anthems, James. Yeah, That's what they are. <laughs> all from the period, though, aren't they? You yes, know? they are. They're um. So yeah, that's excellent. I like the the period detail. I thought was great. Yeah. Uh, even down to little things like um, one of the main characters comes home and his partner's watching. I think Sweet and Sour. I noticed t- that. Yeah. On, <laughs> on the TV. So there's yep. real attention to detail, yeah. which you, you've got to love. Um. Some of the cast, Matt Day is brilliant, I thought. Tim Draxel is fantastic. Yeah. Um, you know, so they've done a good job there. Look, I've, if I'm honest, some of it, the talking to camera, I always have a bit of a problem with. I'm not a big fan of that. But in this case, you can't really criticise it, can you? Because it's it serves a purpose, I think, right? Yeah, it, it it really does, and I think it's it's interesting because some of this is fictionalized, James, but only in the sense that they've kind of taken a bunch of maybe sometimes they put a couple of characters and merged them into one, you know, and yeah. you know Stephen Oliver uh, plays a First Nations gay man so that we can hear about what was going on in their community, and and it's you know because all the groups, as I said before, did come together. But I think what's really interesting is I think people need. To to understand that the federal health minister played by Matt Day is based, you know, very heavily on Neil Blewett, who was made the health minister when Bob Hawke came to power in 1983. And the character that Tim Draxel plays is the health advisor to uh, Blewett, who was Bill Botel. And you might remember seeing Bill Botel a lot during COVID. He was on Q&A and uh, calling for lockdowns. And, you know, he, he, he said he had experience working with a virus before and talked about how the gay community at least had been through a pandemic once before. And I think it's really, really uh, nice of the ABC to repeat a documentary about those years of AIDS. It's called Rampant, How a City Stopped the Plague. And that'll repeat on Sunday night on the ABC after the first episode airs so that you can actually see the real people that those characters are based on. But if you love In Your Blood, it will be available to binge all four episodes on view, on iView uh, as soon as the first episode screens on Sunday night. Now, you all know this, the Matt Day's portrayal of the health minute's fairly sympathetic. He he seems to be doing a good job. Is that how history sort of remembers that health minister's work? Yes, absolutely it is. I mean, America and the UK absolutely shut their 
uh, eyes and pretended this wasn't happening. Their attitude was, uh, who cares if gay men and intravenous drug users are dying? We were really, really lucky here in Australia. You know, Bob Hawke came to power on the Saturday night. Neil Blewett was handed a report about AIDS on the Sunday, one of his in his first briefing about the role he was taken over. He was given that. And, and Neil Blewett is a hero to the gay community. He was married at the time and he had kids, but he admitted that he had had homosexual affairs while in university. And so he understood something and did something that nobody else in the in governments did around the world at that time. He said, if this is a uh, illness attacking homosexual men, let's go to the gay community and find out how they're handling it so far and have them tell us what's going on. And I think he went or he sent a team straight over to San Francisco to find out what was going on. And then he came back and with Bo Bill Botel established that National AIDS Task Force and made Ita Butro's the face of that. She was the most trusted woman in Australia at the time. And she too is a hero for stepping up and putting a face to a disease that, of course, we had newspapers and certain media organizations in this country just wanting to say, well, this is a gay disease. Who cares? I'd have put a face to it, but she did so with the backing of Neil Blewett. And that's fantastic. And yes, he deserves a sympathetic portrayal from that day. Yeah. Okay. Good stuff. So, yeah, four episodes in our blood uh, on the ABC Sunday nights, but they're all there on iView if you want to get stuck into it. Yep. Um, let's stay with some Australian content. Now, a movie called Baby Teeth you put me onto this week. Yeah. Um, I found it a bit confronting, to be honest. It's, um, it's not an easy watch. No. Uh, I had emptied the lounge room at my place. Oh. Um, I was the only one who stuck with it all the way. Um, but I think it was made in 2019. It's only recently come onto the Netflix platform. And it's interesting because it was made in 2019, so it was sort of – I certainly didn't see it playing at a cinema near me because it was a smaller art yeah. house type film. Um, and then, of course, we had COVID. But I do remember it winning the Actor Award for Best Film. And right. I remember that it won a bunch of awards. Ben uh, Mendelsohn won, won Best Actor in a Supporting Role. Eliza Scanlon won uh, Best Actress in a Leading Role. So when I saw that title on Netflix, it was like, oh, my God, I have to watch this. And I've got to say to you, James, I will admit that I'm only halfway through it and I haven't finished watching it yet. But it was one of those Australian films that was so out there but in a good way, yeah. it really grabbed my attention. The moment it started, like within the first five minutes, I was like, holy fuck, what is going on here? It just grabbed me by the short and curlies. Yes. Uh, and I can't wait to get back there and finish it. Uh, I don't know whether it's going to hold up till the end. But it was certainly, I could sort of see why it stood out from the pack in that year's films because there's something about it that's just so, the situation is so completely unusual and and this, this unconventional love affair between this teenage girl who's sick and this this guy that uh you really 
wouldn't let into your house to date your daughter if given half the chance. I mean, it's it's really out there. But, of course, she has these crazy liberal parents, as played mm. by Ben Mendelsohn and Essie Davis. He's a psychiatrist and, you know, they kind of, you know, they, they think they're cool and they can handle anything. But, my God, they get a shock when they come down to breakfast and see that guy sitting in their lounge room, right? Yeah, um, Toby Wallace does a great job as the um, as the. He's about, I think he's supposed to be about seven, eight years older, and he yeah. looks a little bit older. So it's pretty good casting. He plays Moses, um, yep. who, and he he did a great job as um, Steve Jones in Pistol um, last year. Oh my which, God, that's right, he did. I yeah. was trying to figure out where I knew him from. That's incredible. <laughs> Thank yeah. you, James. You keep filling in these blanks for me. <laughs> But no, he's very good, and and as is um, Essie Davis and Ben Mendelsohn. You mentioned the parents. Yeah, um, yeah. Look, I I had trouble going the distance, but then you, because you're never sure—is this a drama or is it just a comedy? It's so yeah. bizarre at times. It's to me, it was a little uneven in wanting to know what it was. I thought perhaps. Yeah. Um, but there's lots of interesting things happen. Um, and I won't give away the ending, but that's that's weird too, you know. It's um, <laughs> I have no doubt. Yeah, yeah, but it's I, th- I think it's worth checking out. And uh, look, it's it's people who like this love it. I mean, it's got a massively high rating, I think, on um, Rotten Tomatoes, both from critics and audience. So and you know, James, you know what's great about these streaming services that put this film there and a, a lot more people get to watch these art house films. You know, if this, if we, if 10 years ago, if a film like this came out in cinemas and, you know, a film like this probably isn't going to make a lot of money, mm-hmm. then it just kind of you know, dis- disappeared into the ether. If you were lucky, commercial TV buy if the commercial TV bought it, they might play it at 11 p.m. first yeah. run in the middle of summer when nobody's watching it and they're just throwing it on to make up some last-minute content points. But at least now with the streamers, there's this second run and sometimes that second run really opens it up to a brand-new audience. I'll give you an example of, of free-to-air premiering an Australian film. I noticed the other day on Channel 9 the midday movie was called June Again, which was a film starring Noni Hazelhurst, Claudia Carvin, and Stephen, I'm having a blank, Stephen from the castle. Uh, Stephen Curry. Stephen Curry. Stephen Curry. Now, this was a film about a mother, uh, Noni Hazelhurst playing a mother who had dementia, who has a sort of a clear moment and starts remembering everything Mm. and wants to go on a road trip with her daughter, played by Claudia Carvin. Now, don't tell me that a film like that couldn't work on a Friday or Saturday night because people love Noni Hazelhurst and Claudia Carvin and Stephen Curry and Nine premiered it at 12 midday on a weekday. That's yeah. how much commercial TV cares about Australian movies. So the fact that Netflix gives another platform to movies I think is really, really great. Yeah, no, I'm with you. And we've talked about some in the past. Yeah. Not all films we've enjoyed, but at least they're getting a platform and they're getting a much bigger audience and they much bigger probably anywhere else. So that's yeah, to much, be encouraged. Much bigger. Something else that's also had 
I think it got a brief um, box office release before it went on to Netflix, was the latest instalment of Luther. This yep. one's called Luther, The Fallen Son. Now, look, Luther's had a, 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 it's, it's a British crime thriller about a sort of a hard-nosed copper who doesn't always play by the rules, but he gets results. He always gets the cream in the M. It's done wonders for Idris Elba's career. Has it ever? Um, and there's been like there's been um, twenty episodes in total across five uh, seasons. So some years there was some seasons there was four, other seasons there was two. I think the most there's ever been was six in the one series. So this is the latest. Look, this is an interesting one. Look, it's getting panned. By a few critics, I've I've only I've heard an interview with um, one of the stars whose name escapes me, Andy Circus, who's also oh, yeah, yeah. who's also a director now in his own right. Oh wow! Um, he talked a little bit about it, and he's worked a lot on I think uh, Marvel stuff. The latest film he did was in the Spider Man sort of universe, I think. Um, so he knows about all this stuff, and this. This Luther film has been compared to almost being a superhero movie where and some of the artwork you see Luther standing atop a building looking over London as if he's yeah. a Marvel superhero. The, I've noticed that, yeah. Yeah, the episode starts when he's in jail um, and then he, he sort of busts out and a bit of that's it's a bit of a hocus-pocus. It's hard to follow. The plot's a bit all over the shop. It's... And at times it feels like a super where you suspend belief, right? Things just happen and you think, oh yeah, it's because he's a superhero, he can do this sort of stuff. So it's it's treading a fine line between a, a gritty, true, you know, real crime drama and a sort of fantasy superhero crime, you know, um extravaganza. And it, you know, it doesn't do it terribly successful. But look, um Idris Elba's great. Yeah. Um Andy Circus is great as the villain, but he's a villain which, you know, it just it wouldn't happen, you know. It's just he's got endless resources to <laughs> to be a villain and stuff like that. It's very dark, you know, yeah. bad, bad things really happen and they're they're dismissed as if they were nothing and it, and the movie moves on. So there's a lot of problems with it. But look, I've always been a fan of Luther, so I, I went the distance. And I gotta say I probably enjoyed it, but with with you know lots of um lots of i had a few hang ups about it you know I, I it's far from perfect but if you're a luther fan i think it's definitely worth checking out can you confirm for non luther fans like me who still like idris elba yes. does he get his gear off for a shower scene i think he does yeah yeah <laughs> i think he's I think in a i've i've seen uh rumblings about that i think he's in a prison shower right where, yeah, he's in a prison shower. And he's Even better. Even better. <laughs> the only thing better than a shower scene is a prison shower, James. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, yeah, I'm pretty sure that happens. So it does. So there's, yeah, they've got one eye on the, um, the, the, the you know, the, the crowd that Luther might, that Idris might attract, I guess. Yeah. Things other than the storyline. Uh-huh. Um, I wanted to mention briefly Last of Us. Yep. Which is finally um, that first season's wrapped. Nine episodes seems an odd number, doesn't it? It's usually eight yeah, or ten, but is. but but they did nine. Um, that's the second season's been commissioned. I'm not sure where that will go. You get a hint 
from that last episode there. They sort of tied up a little bit, and, and I'm led to look, I'm not a gamer, but I'm told that that's how the game ends, is where right. that, the first season ends. Yep. So they've got some um, some free reign, I guess, to take it wherever they like, but there's definitely plenty of storyline left because it's sort of an, a, what do they call an apocalyptic drama at the yeah. It's near the end of the world. There's not many people left who aren't cannibals. And look, um, this is a, a, a terribly, this can be potentially a really exciting moment for shows like this that are working off a canon uh, and then, you know, need to stick to the source material but then have this opportunity to take you past that and inv- and continue the story going. And, and this is going to be a real make-or-break moment to it because if they mess up uh, their sophomore season, they'll be in a lot of trouble uh, because everyone is, has been loving The Last of Us. Yeah, I've heard people saying, oh, you know, we've found our new Game of Thrones, you know. Yeah, so yeah. It's very highly respected, but the pressure will be on them, you know. the What I enjoy is, look, it is very confronting and violent, but the, a lot of the violence happens just off screen, so you don't have to, you know, you might see a bit of blood splatter, but you won't see what's causing the blood splatter. Yep. That's about as much violence as I can take, I'm afraid. Yeah, right. I'm uh-huh. a bit of a scaredy cat at like that. And that the penultimate episode, I'm not sure if you've that that's pretty scary yeah. what happens. But again, a lot of it is alluded to. Yeah. It's like a pedophile cannibal almost is um is is trying to get get close to sort of um um get close to Ali, who's yeah. you know the one of the protagonists. And, and it's basically the journal of um Joel played by uh, Pedro Pascal. And Ali and their their journey sort of across the US as as the country's just, you know, it's the populations have just been decimated, the place is deserted. There's sort of a few, I don't know what you call them, they're zombies really, aren't they? They're, 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 yeah. they're chasing people, trying to eat them. And um and you know, they Ali has oh, there's a few spoilers here for people who maybe aren't with it at all. But you, you learn in the first episode, Ali has something in her yeah. that, that lets her live. After she gets attacked, she has the sort of the antidote is lies within her somewhere. Yeah. Their journey through the series is to maybe try and get to a hospital where they could work out how she could help the people who are remaining. Right. Yeah. And that culminates in that last episode. That's the sort of how that how they leave it. I won't give you any spoilers there. What happens, but it does leave it open for what could happen going forward. And look, how amazing is that lead actor? I mean, I saw him presenting an award at the Academy Awards. Yeah, and you know, everybody's <laughs> talking about you know how great Pedro Pascal is in this role, and uh, yeah, he he's just kind of come out of nowhere. But wow, everyone's loving it. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, yeah, as, as you say, there's been it's hard to remember another show that's got so much sort of universal love, apart from I guess Game of Thrones. You know, yeah. You think back to maybe House of Cards and the very early days of Netflix, you know, shows that, that everybody really enjoyed. Yeah. Um, and it's um, interesting, isn't it? Because, you know, we, we're, it's not, they're not quite, they're zombie-like creatures that have this fungus in them that's sort yeah. of overtaken them. Yeah. But but uh, they're really the minor part of it, aren't they? They're very not, much so. They're just very bit players. They Because it would be awful if they came and it was all about 
trying to kill these motherfuckers, you know. Well, we've already had that with the Walking yeah. Dead. You've got to do Correct. it differently. And I yeah. like it that sometimes some of the most violent things happen off camera. You'll hear a gunshot. You don't need to see the gunshot exploding brain matter all over the floor. A baddie exactly. gets killed and and, it, exactly. and it's not overly violent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, fantastic. All right, so that's the end of The Last of Us. That's on Binge and on Foxtel, nine episodes there. Look, you mentioned the Oscars. Let's stay with that. Um, Yeah, look, he was great, Pedro Pascal, on the at the Oscars. He looked, yeah, but so he looked, oh, he just looked classy, didn't he? He's didn't in, he? Yeah. in control of his career. He's on a hot show. He's yeah. sort of enjoying it relaxed, you know, very chilled sort of person he looks now, and um, so he should be. Look, for me, Andrew, that Oscars, look, I loved it, but, I mean, I like all the Oscars. I don't know why. I just, it's the, for me, it's the the ultimate awards night. Yeah, it is. You know, a lot it of is. Awards, awards nights can be too long, but the Oscars always just manage to keep me, you know, keep me hanging in there. There's, there's lulls and you go and make some tea or whatever. Yeah. I enjoy it. This was, for me, this was old school. It was simple. It wasn't flashy. There weren't there weren't big production numbers that sort of overtook it. It was just clean and simple. Um, I really liked it. I liked Jimmy Kimmel. Um, look, the, and you could argue the movies this year weren't the greatest movies they ever. They weren't great. They you know, really were. There were some. There were some good movies, but to me, it was still kept my interest. You know, yeah. Um, everything, everywhere, all at once. Seven winners, uh, seven awards, all quiet on the rest of the front. Four awards. They really dominated, but it was still enough to to keep me enthralled. Yeah. Oh, look, my the highlight for me was seeing Jamie Lee Curtis, you know, win oh. an Academy Award as someone that's, you know, followed her from 1978 when she first starred in Halloween. And, you know, she's made all those schlocky films and then she had to take her top <laughs> off to star opposite Arnold Schwarzenegger in True Lies. But she's always hung in there. And I love it that, you know, she hasn't had a lot of plastic surgery. She's let herself gone grey and gone, well, this is me. I'm a woman of a certain age uh you know i've always always loved her and, and she is hollywood royalty given her parents were tony curtis and janet lee so that was a great great moment from for personal moment for me to see her win because i really really love her uh but yeah i i'm really amused you know to seeing all the letters to the editor from people harumphing and saying oh i watched every bear everybody everywhere all at once and i thought it was rubbish it's like you know what this is like it's irrelevant that yeah. people don't like the film because ultimately the majority of Academy Award members voted it as the best film of the year. So well, it's one of those films that's very divisive. You either like it or you don't like it. I didn't particularly like it, but I'm not going to complain that it's one best picture because the people who are in the Academy, they voted for it and it won. So good luck to everybody, everybody everywhere all at once. Yeah, look, Jamie Lee Curtis, I forgot about her parents when she went up on stage, so it was quite a moment when she reminded us, yes, you know, she is Hollywood royalty. But you know what I reckon? The producers of the Halloween franchise are going to be looking at this going, we've got to get the Oscar winner, mate. We've got, <laughs> we've got, to, go, we've got to go one more with an Oscar winner. 
Look, I have seen most of the Halloween movies. I'm yet to see the one that came out last Halloween, which she said most (laughs) definitively, this is it. I'm not making any more Halloween movies. And I get the feeling that maybe she might die at the end. I I, I will. I will sit down and watch it sometime, but uh, yeah, I uh, I think they I think quietly they'd be dreaming to get her back into a Halloween instalment. And you know what? She'd probably be thinking now she's got an Academy Award. She never needs to make another Halloween film again. But that's what I love about her. She goes back and makes those films yeah. for the fans. She knows yeah. the fans love that. She knows that's an important franchise in horror film history. Good luck to her. Mate, her death could be explained away in five minutes at the start True. of the new movie. Don't. True. Don't you worry about it. That's a minor hurdle yeah, to, yeah, to get over. Yeah, yeah. Look, a couple of things left before we wrap this week. Uh, Unprisoned, I looked at on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, new. Look, it's a new, very light, it's a sitcom almost, isn't it, really? Yeah. Um, you might give it a bit more attention because Kerry Washington's in it. Got well, the, that's why I thought it would be great. Yeah, yeah. Look, look it's all right, but, you know, am I going to watch them all? Probably not. It's no. about... She she plays a single mum who's got uh, a partner who I'm guessing is about to dump her just from where I'm guessing the storyline might go. Um, And her dad gets out of prison. Is, you know, a bit of a deadbeat dad, I think we could probably say. Yeah. Didn't, hasn't helped out a lot in her life. I think he's been locked up for a few. It was at seventeen years or something. Like well, he's been in and out, in and out, in and out for years because yeah. you know he says this time, honey, I'm out for good. And she goes, Dad, I've heard, heard that before in 1994, 1996, he is he's definitely a lovable rogue, right? Yeah, 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 he is. Look, and the look, the thing that if I went back to it, it'd be because of the music. <laughs> and I watched in the credits, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis do the music. Uh-huh, yeah. I'm massive fans of those guys. And I kept thinking, gee, this is a good tune during this 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 episode. And then you're only getting little snippets. Then I I just saw their names at the end. I thought, ah, that explains a lot. So I mean, that's one of the attractions of it. For me, there wasn't a lot out. There's going to be eight episodes, and it's on Disney Plus. So look, I'm, I might have given you a slight bum steer telling you to watch <laughs> Unprison, which is on Disney Plus. But look, here is your homework for next. Okay. Yeah. Also on Disney Plus, also a comedy, and I think much much funnier. History of the World Part 2 from Mel Brooks. We're going to talk about this at length next oh, week, particularly sure? the <laughs> second episode, James. Look, the, the second episode, I watched the first episode and just thought, all right, here we go again. Not one of Mel's best. Okay. But then I watched the second episode and went, "Oh no, hang on a second. Let's stick with this." Are yeah. you a fan? Of, are you a fan of Curb Your Enthusiasm? Yeah, oh, big time. Yeah. Well, yeah. the second episode they do <laughs> Curb Your Your Judaism. <laughs> it, it's Judas Iscariot as the Larry David character with. <laughs> actual actors from Curb Your Enthusiasm okay. playing similar roles with yep. the music. And then you're going, oh, okay, now we're in a whole new genre here. So 
You do, you could ne- you could almost skip episode one and go straight to episode two, history okay. of the world part two, James. That's what we need to talk about at length next week. Right now, also next week will be the class of 07. Yeah, and something called what we'll probably get to extrapolations next week. Yeah, now, you've had a peek at this, I haven't. But look, I saw the cast list. I thought I've got to watch this. I know Meryl Street, Santa yeah. Miller, Kit Harrington, Edward Norton, Diane Lane, um, Matthew Reese. Um, David Schwimmer, uh, Kerry Russell, Forrest Whitaker, Murray Bartlett. What isn't Murray in? Yep. I mean, Heather Graham. She, Heather Graham's in that first episode, I think. Yep. Yeah. Um, she's great. I, I wish she did more stuff. Me too. Um, I thought she was great. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you've had a peek at the first episode? I've watched three. Oh, I'm wow. not going to say a word about it until you and I talk okay. together about it. All right. Oh, that's good. Okay. Well, something to look forward to for uh for us and hopefully the listeners next week, Andrew Mercado. Listen, thanks for listening this week. You can find more of Andrew at mediaweek.com.au and in our daily Media Week morning report. Do you know what you're writing about in your Friday column? Yeah, pretty much uh, a really in-depth look at In Your Blood, you know, obviously personally for me, very important series. And I need to kind of chart the history of how we got to this point to make this show. Yeah, fantastic. All right, Andrew, well done. Best bunch of interesting stuff for our homework next week, and we'll uh, see you in a few days. Thanks, James. Have a great week.